0: Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm, and have a live link at thetrumpet.com as well. And all of our programming is available in podcast form. Wherever you like to get your podcasts, you can find us there. God's master plan is to recreate himself in mankind. And the first step in this great plan of salvation is the Passover sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Notice this in uh, 1 Corinthians 5. And verse 7. We have a few passages today, so if you have a Bible handy, it would be great to get it out and we can look at these scriptures together. 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7, this is uh, the last part of it. It says, For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. So that's an essential part of God's plan of salvation. Everything hinges on that sacrifice, and uh, Christ did it perfectly. But what is our part in this great plan? What do we have to do? Well, notice the first part of this verse that we just read, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. Paul says, Purge out therefore the old leaven, that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. There's some action here that we have to do. This is a quote from Lesson 27 of the Correspondence Course, the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's a free Bible course, and you can sign up for it at thetrumpet.com. It says, once we have repented of our sins and been forgiven by God, we must forsake sin. We must be striving to put all sin away from us. That is our part in God's master plan. That's our part striving to put all sin away from us. And God shows us throughout his word that we have to do that and make changes and take active steps. Notice what he wants his people to do. This is Revelation 18. God has a clear command for us here. Revelation 18 and verse 4. It says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. We can look at society around us, and we see there's a lot of plagues, and it doesn't take a whole lot to look at it and trace it back to where there is sin that's causing the plagues. There are a lot of plagues, and we're told to come out, come out of her, come out of this society, this world, That we're not partakers of the sins, and then we don't have to receive the plagues. The societies around us, wherever we might live, are not God's societies, as we'll see. During the Days of Unleavened Bread, leaven pictures sin. The Days of Unleavened Bread, that is a festival that God told ancient Israel to keep and said keep it forever. And it's something that eventually all of mankind will keep. They will learn about these days and uh, what it means for them and the different steps that it pictures in God's plan of salvation of mankind. It's for everybody, even though Israel learned about it first. But during the Days of Unleavened Bread, leaven pictures sin, and, and God gives us a vivid picture every year of how sin needs to be put completely out of our lives. And so some might wonder what leavening is. That's not something that we probably think about too much unless we're thinking about it in relation to this festival. The correspondence course notes that a leavening agent is any substance used to cause dough to rise by fermentation. Yeast, baking soda, and baking powder are leavening agents, and thus bread, crackers, some cereals, and most cakes contain leaven and are to be avoided during this festival. Because God's giving us a picture of something, uh, of sin, and how prevalent it is, and how it uh, has so much vanity, of course, and puffs up. And we need to eliminate that, get that out of our lives. See, we have our part. God's done his part. Jesus Christ has done his part. And they continue to help us, of course, as we look to them, but we have our part. And we've got to make choices. We've got to choose, you know, if we're going to follow God or we're going to go a different direction. And great leaders of the Bible had to make those same decisions. They had to come out of the world. In other words, they had to live differently than society around them. And in some cases, actually leave a particular area, as we'll see in Hebrews 11. They had to do this to follow God. And God instructed them to do so. They didn't just conjure up some idea in their mind. God said, do this, and then they, they followed through. Notice Hebrews 11 here, and we see what what Moses had to do, and he had to do it by faith. He had to, in other words, believe what God told him. Hebrews 11, verses 24 through 27, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And you know that history, you know that he was raised there in, the, in uh, pretty high up in, in Egypt's society, and he had a lot of opportunity. And he made a choice, though. When God called him, he made a choice to follow God's direction. Verse 25, it says, Choosing rather. See, he had to make a choice. He chose. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So Egypt is a type of sin and uh, there's some pleasure in it for a season you know that's why it's attractive to people because they they get a certain pleasure out of it but then there's of course plagues that come as we read there in revelation but verse 26 it says esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward he believed God he believed what God told him verse 27 by faith he forsook Egypt See, that's an action step that he had to take. He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. So he had to make some choices. You know, he had to do something. He had to forsake Egypt. He forsook it. And it's the same thing that we have to do today. We have to forsake sin. That's what God's teaching us through these Days of Unleavened Bread to forsake sin, to get rid of it, to get away from it. Most people prefer to live according to the ways of society around them. But we have to understand that this world does not follow God's word. It's not God's world today. And sometimes the rebellion against God is, is open and aggressive, and it's getting to be more that way. But sometimes it's more subtle. But one way or the other, this world is not God's world. And we see this in Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4. A passage that we look at fairly often, so pivotal. And yet one that, man, people wink at or don't think much about. But notice this, Second Corinthians 4 and verse 4. It says, in whom the God of this world. See, that's not God the Father or Jesus Christ. This is something different in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. See, Christ is, is uh, the character image of God. He, he lives and thinks and acts the same, and they're in perfect unity and harmony, and they want us to be like that, but sin separates us from God the God of this world, Satan. He's blinded the minds of people that that don't believe, and he is the God of this world. Satan is the God of this world. Moses chose to follow the true God and forsake Egypt and forsake Satan and, and that society. See, now that's an example for us today, that we have to forsake sin and follow God, and that means, just like Moses, sometimes we have to, come out of the way that society does things you know they have their traditions they have their ways they have their thinking but it's not of God if you go anywhere this time of year you see a lot of signs out there that uh, advertise uh, different churches and they're going to have their days and their meetings and their, their festivities and such but those aren't God's ways that's not what God tells us to do we have to be living according to God's word. It's different. It's different than the way society around us lives. God told Israel to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread right after the Passover. We see this instruction in Exodus 12. Exodus 12, and again, this, this history, it teaches us important lessons today, and we need to be um, understanding the lessons of it. Exodus 12, verses 14 through 17. It says, And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, and you shall keep it a feast to the Eternal throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Seven days shall you eat unleavened bread, and the first day you shall put away leaven out of your houses. That's why we get rid of the leavening. It's because we're told to. It says, For whosoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. God was very serious about this. And again, remember, during the days of unleavened bread, leaven pictures sin. Sin cuts us off from God. Verse sixteen it says, And in the first day there shall be a holy convocation, and in the seventh day there shall be an holy convocation to you. No manner of work shall be done, save that which every man must eat, that only may be done of you. So the first day and the last day it's a it's a holy day where um, there is a a convocation, God's people get together and they have services and and so forth. verse 17, and you shall observe the Feast of Unleavened Bread, it says, for in the selfsame day have I brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore shall you observe this day in your generations by an ordinance forever. Forever. This is something that should be kept today, and yet outside of God's church you don't see people keeping it. It has to be kept, and with proper understanding of what it means. Notice this quote from the correspondence course again. It says, Notice that the Feast of Unleavened Bread was given by God before the people reached Mount Sinai, before they even left the land of Egypt. Like Passover, it was also to be kept by all succeeding generations forever. This was given to them pretty early on. They hadn't even gotten to Mount Sinai yet. But God's church... Today, we still follow this instruction because it's forever, and we keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But you look around at society today, and they they don't do that. They keep other days. They have other traditions, but they're not biblical. It's just the traditions of man. But as we already saw, Satan is the god of this world. Egypt didn't know or follow the true God, and so... God brought Israel out from Egypt and from their ways, and then taught Israel how to obey him. You know, Israel couldn't have stayed in Egypt and obeyed God. They couldn't have been immersed in that society. They were slaves, remember, and, you know, they couldn't have kept the Sabbath or the holy days. So God had to bring them out. He had to bring them out. God calls some out of this world today. You can read that in John 6 and verse 44. And they are to also forsake the pagan traditions of this society and obey God. That's what God has for us to do. And we notice that God commands not only that we get rid of all the leavening, but that we then eat unleavened bread. And we read that. And we'll look at another passage that talks about that. But see, this also gives us a spiritual principle. Why? Why eat unleavened bread? Well, there's a reason. If we look at uh, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 8, getting into the New Testament here, 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 8, we looked at a few New Testament passages at the beginning, but again, you can see this this plan of God and these holy days. I mean, it was Old Testament, it was New Testament, it's forever. 1 Corinthians 5 and verse 8, it says, therefore, let us keep the feast. This is Paul writing, let us keep the feast. What feast is he talking about? The feast of unleavened bread. Not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So Paul and the New Testament church here were keeping the days of unleavened bread. They weren't keeping these pagan festivals that are so common in society today. Now, there is a mistranslation in the Bible in the New Testament where they they, uh, put down one of those those pagan days, but it's actually talking about uh, one of God's holy days. It's a mistranslation, and that's talked about in this lesson as well, lesson uh, 27 of the correspondence course, and you can study that. But they were keeping God's holy days. They were keeping the feast of unleavened bread, the days of unleavened bread, and he said, let's keep the feast, but not with that old leaven, not with sin, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Paul is explaining that we need to get rid of the sin, and then obey God's truth. See, we need to take in the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. We need the mind of Christ in us, as it says in Philippians 2 and verse 5. And all of that is possible with God's Holy Spirit. So there's quite a bit there to uh, consider and to think about. But again, it's all explained as you go through the uh, correspondence course lessons. But notice this quote here. This is again from that correspondence course lesson. It says, If we are to become spirit-born members of God's family, and remember, that's the plan, right? That's the plan of salvation. That's God's master plan. If we are to become spirit-born members of God's family, we must prove that we will obey God here and now by striving to get the spiritual leaven of sin out of our lives and keep it out. This is our part in God's great master plan. We do have a part. And see, that's very different thinking than what the world thinks traditionally. Traditional Christianity, they'll talk somewhat about Christ and his sacrifice, but then they kind of leave it at that. But there's more. There's more that has to be done, which is why the Passover every year is just the beginning of God's holy day plan because there's more, and we have to do our part. What is our part? Well, our part is to get the spiritual leaven of sin out of our lives and keep it out. Our part is to get the spiritual leaven of sin out of our lives and keep it out. And that's our part in God's great master plan. If you'd like to learn more about this, you can request the uh, free booklet, Pagan Holidays or God's Holy Days Witch, at thetrumpet.com. That talks about God's holy days and why they're in effect today and why they need to be kept and what they mean. Vital information. Also, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. It's a free course and it is available at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for this edition of Live By Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. Today, I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live By Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.